This is Artist Stories, featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. I'm Janice Sanchez, and today my colleague Eureka has a conversation with the leaders of the Apache Language Preservation Project. Salam alaikum, peace be upon you today. I am joined by two staff members at Language Department of San Carlos Apache Tribe, Bob and Robert. The Language Department was ranked first by our community panel for Arts Foundation's Project Creosote Cycle 2, a relief program funded in part by the National Endowment for the Arts, City of Tucson, and Pima County. We'll get right into the questions. Bob, you are a field supervisor of the Language Preservation Department at the San Carlos Apache Government Center. Could you give a brief overview of your department's goals and how you and your team are using media to meet those goals? Okay, here at the Language Preservation Department for the tribe, our main goal and our main focus is to preserve our Apache language. And when you look at the language closely, it branches out into culture, tradition, and way of life. And without the combination of the four subjects, then we as Apaches believe that we cease to exist as Apaches. So our department is really trying our best to archive everything that we do from interviews, from specific trades to food preparation, our native foods, and also uh, our classes that we do online, teaching the Apache language. And I also do quite a few presentations for different departments in the tribe and also for neighboring school districts and also for universities as well. So I've worked with the University of Oklahoma and the U of A before and also ASU to do presentations through our department. So our main focus is to try to build a very large, um, I guess you could call it a collaborative um, effort between as many departments as we can possibly do so that we can gather all these resources and archive everything for future use for future generations because our language is dwindling pretty quick. And my generation is the last generation that's going to be able to save the language. After me and my kids' generation, there's not enough people speaking the language to save it. So that's our main goal of the Language Preservation Department is uh, first thing is pres preserving everything we do and also making it available to future generations. Thank you so much, Bob. Wow. Why are you passionate about this program and what do you see in the future for the Language uh, Preservation Department? My passion runs extremely deep when it comes to language, because without the language, I no longer can identify myself as Apache. And to understand the beauty of our language, when you're describing a specific object with a single word, you could actually translate that single word to several sentences in English. And it'll all describe the same thing, but yet, at the same time, on the flip side of that coin, you can use that exact same word to describe something totally different, and it'll have just a totally 180-degree meaning to what you used it for before on the 
on a previous subject. So understanding how you can use a word versus your sentence structure. You can use the same words in different sentence structures and gives it a totally different meaning. And our language is extremely descriptive. So when you talk a language, using your tone of voice expressively is very, very important. And that's one of the things I stress very highly in our language classes is that you must speak with expression because if you don't, you sound very monotone to a fluent speaker and you kind of lose interest in your audience. So if you can put expression into a single word, you could actually change its meaning and invite your audience in much quicker. So as long as we pass on the understanding of the language, those are just some of the aspects of the language. If we can pass that on, this department for the San Carlos Apache tribe is doing something historic. It's never been done before. There's no other Apache tribe anywhere in the Southwestern United States that has this program that's this far advanced as we are. And most of the Apache tribe don't have uh, as many different um, facets as we do in this department, the different things that we do. So we cover quite a few um, projects and field activities, classroom studies, and also presentations. So as long as we're preserving everything we're doing now, we have a chance of saving our language. Thank you so much. Um, Robert, you are a graphic artist and provide technical support for this program. And we also know that you are a student of Bob's language courses. Can you talk about the experience and how it has impacted your life? Yeah, before I started uh, working here at the department, and before I even, you know, gained an interest or even learned about the history, culture, about the, our people, you know, I was, like you said, I was a graphic designer. I was freelancing from here and there across the states. And what really got me interested is, um, I think it had to do with, like, talking with my mom and she was, you know, we're just talking about, you know, it's our relatives, our family. And it sparked an interest in me, like, you know, I want to know exactly who my family is. And to find out, you know, who's all of our family started with our clans. So I started with her asking, you know, what's your clan and what's our clan? And so then began my journey of like my history, looking through our history of our family members, all those related their stories and continue to grow that interest. Like I want to know more, you know, how, how far back can I go? And as I continued my own little investigation of my family history, uh, someone, one of my friends told me that, you know, there somewhere here on the reservation as our forestry department was asking or was looking for is people who can do graphic design. And I went in for them. I talked with them and I started working with them. And one of the first projects was using, was the first project was bringing in all the resources they knew about the language, history, and turning that into a visual resource. So like in here in this office, and you can see this calendar here was one of the projects. It has all the information throughout the year, what's hunted, what's gathered, the phases of the moon, and even some slight stories of what is done during that month. And so that interested me even more. 
And as they as we continue working along with the calendar, they started hearing still more stories, you know, from what the elders have told to some origins and stuff I've never heard of before. And my interest only grew more from that. But after the projects were done there, I was kind of like in, in a limbo for a while until someone told me that, you know, at the language department, they're looking for somebody that can be an, an assistant. But for the most part, they would be helping with technical stuff and maybe helping build some resources. And I thought to myself, like, I can do that. And so when I got here, you know, this is, you know, I, I was, you know, new to this, what's going on. You know, majority of the department speaks Apache compared to me and on, uh, another coworker of mine, Ashley. So it, it was a little hard at first, you know, trying to get things going, moving. But eventually it started to work out. And I started working with Bob and he had this extensive knowledge that I never knew about. So whenever we'd go out into the field and we would do recordings on whether it's, you know, medicinal plants, the mountains, it's history. Uh, he had so much to offer and even um, running the names through with me on these mountains and these places in Apache. And then later asking me again, what does it mean? <laughs> or what it, what was the, what was that mountain's name? And even just recently too, he was even teaching us some small phrases here and there. Like the other day, last week, he was saying, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. And me and Matthew were sitting there like, well, what is he saying? And then we were like, oh, he, he was teaching us the phrase the week before. We're like, okay. And then so we replied back saying, you know, Shabbat Sali. And he's like, there you go. That's what I wanted to hear. And it just made it like more enjoyable. Like he just come out and just quiz us. And I, I have fun doing that, you know, working on our videos. You know, I'll have fun going out there, learning things I never knew about the plants, history, even stories. And I go home and I would tell my mom or tell, you know, some of my relatives about it. And there would spark an interest in them and say, I remember that. You know, they would say, oh, when we were kids, we used to do stuff like that. You know, some of the stuff that I'm doing with him and with the, the classes that they have or the field activities they do, especially one with the pack rat hunting that they had last year. Um, I told my mother about that. And she smiled and she said, I remember that. She's like, my uncle used to do that with us. And she asked me, he's like, how does it taste? <laughs> I said, it's good. And she laughed and so. Through that, you know, through this um, department, through the understanding of the culture and history, I've grown, I've grown a lot closer with my relatives who I've been distant for 20 years because, like, you know, being a kid growing in this age and era, you know, it's kind of like I just want to do a lot of the stuff that are fun, play video games, go out and do that. But when I came back, I wanted to know more of my, my family, my history. And since then, I've just been grown closer to my relatives and slowly picking up on conversations in Apache. So it's been a great experience for me, especially been fulfilling for me. So I've enjoyed working here with this department and work with Bob. Yes. <laughs> I love how Bob is just conversationally quizzing at any any moment. <laughs> you can <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it keeps us on our toes. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's how, you know, you develop that language. Um, it, it, it has to be in in practice 
and the will to communicate. So that's wonderful. Um, wow. You know, Bob, this uh, program, um, language is the cornerstone of building intergenerational bonds that Robert was talking about. Can you give us a little bit more um, details of how intergenerational learning is a part of your program? Or when I first started with the language preservation program, one of our main focuses was to bridge the gap between our elders and our youngest uh, youth of the community. And I had a talk with Beatrice about this. And I told her that's really a very large gap to try and fill. To build a bridge across that kind of gap is next to impossible. So I said, what we need to do is we need to build a gap between our elders and ourselves, because I'm considered, I guess, middle-aged. Um, I don't feel I've quite reached the elder stage yet, but I'm getting closer. <laughs> and uh, And then from there, we build that gap from myself to our youth, which is half the gap that we would have built before. And when you have two smaller projects versus one large project, you actually can be a lot more efficient doing the two smaller ones than you can doing the one big one. And being able to work with the youth and understanding them, how they think today, how they feel, and their interactions within the community, uh, schools, um, relatives, friends, and total strangers. As long as you're aware of what goes on in their lives and you watch them, how they respond to different things in the community, you really can pick up techniques on how to communicate with uh, someone who uh, has a very big difference in age gap. It works with elders as well. And it goes back to one of our oldest Apache teachings that I have as a trademark on every one of my emails and the phrase is always be aware of what's around you it makes you stronger and that's an apache belief and apache teaching one of our oldest teachings that we have amongst our people and being able to see what's around you watching the kids watching the elders even watching people of my own generation and how they interact in different aspects of life uh, you keep a mental note of all of that and you can apply that to different things that you do in life. And I apply a lot of it to my teaching. As Robert told you, I was teaching him about how to say I'm hungry and I'm thirsty, him and Ashley. And then I believe it was a couple of days later or the following week later, it just popped into my head. I just yelled out, I'm hungry. Uh-huh. And nobody said anything. <laughs> so I said, I'm hungry. <laughs> and still nobody said anything. And then I could hear them kind of mumbling to each other. And I said, I'm thirsty. And they said, oh, oh. And then, then they both popped up with, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty in Apache. So that's one of the techniques that I develop um, when I teach my classes. And I do the same thing to my online classes, my Zoom classes. I tell them all the same thing. And I'll call on somebody and I'll say 10 to 1. So they'll have to count from 10 backwards to 1 in Apache, which is extremely hard for somebody to do who's learning Apache. They can count from one to 10 real easy. They know the same road all the time. But if you flip that road on them, it teaches their brain to look at the language from a different angle. And when you look at it uh, from more than one angle, you actually get to become intimate with the language. 
And once you become intimate with the language, somebody can just yell out seven and you'll be able to say the number seven in Apache. So that's kind of one of the techniques that I use in my classes. And in two short months, most of my students can recite the numbers one through 10, 10 to one. They know all the colors, they know the parts of their heads and they know simple phrases. So and these people couldn't speak a word of English. I love to, to hear about all, all the techniques that you have and it sounds very interactive and there seems to be a lot of joy that is in your classes. So can you speak on how language department uh, collaborates with um, your community members and other organizations within your community? Okay, we used to work quite a bit when I started here three years ago, we worked quite a bit with the education department because they usually have summer programs for the students. And since they don't have any Apache speakers in that department, they would come across the street to us and then we would collaborate with them. And uh, one of the projects we did was our teachers went across and actually taught the kids how to write a small book. And these are high school students getting ready to go to college. And then the younger students, came over to our apprentice teachers who were working under contract to learn about all these plant names and everything else. And uh, the teachers took over the kids and we started taking them out on field trips and teaching them about the plants and the animals and what they're used for, why, when to harvest them, at what elevations or what aspect of a, say like a hill, is it on the north, south, east or west side? How high up on the hill or elevation wise? Is it in the rocks? So. We work with different things like that with the education department. And then with the schools, the high school, I went and did several presentations with both the students, the Apache language class, and also the admin, the administration of the school. I did a very large presentation to them one time to tell them about um, the people of San Carlos. And after that presentation, at the time, my brother was working there and he told me, he said, I can't believe the response that we got from just your presentation alone that all the teachers and the staff were really talking about the things that you said and they they got a better understanding of the people and how to communicate with them mm -hmm. and we also work with the culture uh the uh, culture center the apache culture center and we collaborate with them quite a bit on different projects and when they have people visiting from out of town they always call on uh, language preservation department. So Beatrice sends me down there and then I do uh, historical presentations. I do cultural presentations, traditions, mm -hmm. language, and just general Apache stories. So I'm kind of the guy that does most of the presentations, but we really want to work as much as possible with every department out here because my main goal and our main goal here from language preservation is preserving everything that we do so that when we are all done archiving everything we do, it's available for future generations for until eternity. And we want to make sure that we don't leave anything out so that if they want to learn anything about Apache, it's there for them. So we contact as many uh, departments as we can. They contact us and we'll collaborate and put presentation together and we're attending as many events as possible. And these language, preservation and the archives, I can only imagine help so many artists 
to in the future to connect with their work, to add to their work. So this is really incredible. Robert, you're the next generation of leaders in your community. How do you imagine the future of language preservation on the San Carlos Apache tribe? Well, for me, how I see it, especially what I'm doing right now is like, ever since I've been introduced to like some of the first projects in regarding language, culture, and history, and turn into those visual arts or visual, like something that they can see and learn and understand from. So like something like how the posters that we have created, um, some of them are being used in the hospital and are hung up, and some are in some other administrative buildings. And when we first initially started projects like those, uh, we weren't sure about what kind of feedback we would get from it. You know, because like, you know, this was like a whole new project that we were working on and trying to take any history, knowledge, information and turn it into a visual resource for anybody to use and so that was one of our challenges like how can we make these materials these resources and turn it into something visual that somebody from such a young age as well as an older age can get a look at and understand what's going on or understand what it we're trying to convey and so something like that was west guys creating a resource like that and uh i think it's along those lines is where how will actually kind of bridge that gap between the younger generations like myself because like a lot of today's is like technology based and everybody's streaming everybody's online everybody's on the phone so i've been in my own works too i've been learning you know how to code i've been learning how to even develop an app and i've even started my own prototype and seeing how it works i've showed bob it too as well the first initial parts of it it's taken a while but Honestly, I think something like this, like app base or maybe videos, some, you know, some like the today's digital media can actually help keep this information and also spread it to a lot of not only older, but younger generations. So that even, even if I am not going to be continue working on this anymore, or if I get caught up with something else that hopefully I can inspire others to pick up the mantle like I have yes. and continue what I started. Wow, I I want to talk to you more about your app. That sounds so cool, and there there's so much scalable potential. I in incorporating technology with your work. Wow, Bob, can you share a moment when you realized that you wanted to learn the Apache language? So my story goes back to when I was twelve years old, eleven or twelve. I remember. My mother gave me a note when I was walking to school in the morning. School was about a mile away, so I would leave early. And she says, your Uncle Gene is going to be walking by to school. I said, yeah, I see him every morning. She said, give this to him. And he was an uncle that was really mean when we were small, so we were all afraid of him. He was somewhat of an alcoholic back then, and he had this mean look about him. So I had to face my uncle, who I didn't talk to, at all because I was afraid of him growing up. And here I am, an 11, 12 year old kid, have to walk up to him and hand him a note. And he does not speak English. He speaks only Apache. So this is gonna tell you about my beginnings in actually speaking the language openly. 
So I waited for him that morning. I got to school early. He comes walking by. So I walk up to him and I said, Gene, I didn't call him Uncle Gene. I just said, Gene. So he stopped and he gives me this terrifying look that just terrified me all my years growing up. And I just handed him the note. He read it and he looked at me for a few seconds. And then in Apache, he said, who is this from? So my first words ever spoken openly in the Apache language, I said to him, Shema, that means my mother. And that was her brother, my uncle Gene. So he looked at it a few more seconds and then he left without saying a word, which is the traditional Apache way. We don't have a word for goodbye. So he just left and I was standing there almost trembling with fear. But anyways, I went through school and I got home that evening and I had a brand new pair of shoes waiting for me when I got home. And on that note, my mom wrote to my uncle that she wanted to borrow some money to buy me a pair of shoes. And I didn't know what it said. I didn't read it. So I just gave it to him the most, one of the most terrifying moments of my childhood turned out to be the very beginning of my openly spoken Apache language. And from then on, I started speaking openly about it to everybody. And then now in my adult age, all my friends from my junior high days, growing up when I was a kid and high school days, I spoke to them all in English back then. Today, I speak to all of them in Apache. So that transformation has been pretty, pretty dramatic for me. And maybe that's why I passionately enjoy our language and I enjoy teaching it because I want other people to experience that as well. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing, Rob. I'm almost crying right now. Robert, I'd love to hear a story um, from you if you um, would like to contribute to this. Uh, yeah, actually, that, you know, since I started, you know, I, like how Bob said, I didn't know, I didn't know nothing about the language. I didn't speak it for the longest time or even understand it. I would just hear my aunts and uncles talk and then they'd speak English to me. And now my older age, or when, you know, when I started getting interested in, you know, the history, as I stated before in my own family, I'd ask them, I asked my mom, actually, like a couple of years ago, I tell you, mom, I was like, why did you never ever, you know, teach me Apache? And her answer, you know, kind of like, you know, had me like confused for a second. Cause she said it'd be better you if you learn English and I never understood her answer as to why she said that but when I was here working and Bob was telling me the story about the whole language how it wasn't spoken in like schools and publics and areas and rather be spoken English and considering that what she had gone through and they had gone through they didn't want me to go through that but it's not like that today so when I asked her, you know, when I started speaking to her in Apache, thanks, you know, learning from Bob and everything, it just put a big smile on her face to hear me talking to her and learning even just little phrases here and there, either it's from them, my aunts, my uncles, you know, they just laugh and they smile. Cause I'm, you know, like my aunt who likes to go to casino, I'll go in and 
as see my aunt and I say, I'll go with her and go like, and she's like, eh, will you telling me like, because I'm asking her, you have money? And she's like, no, go on. <laughs> and she laughed and she smiled. And so, yeah, just like that, just those little phrases like that, just, you know, making them smile. Because like, a lot of, yeah, a lot of my, my cousins don't even speak it. You know, we're all around the same age, and when they don't speak it, they don't understand it. And since I started, you know, I've been also trying to help my my sister, my little sister, help speak it and understand it too. So, and it's getting her interest. You know, it's getting her interested into doing it as well. But it's crazy. You know, it was crazy how like just learning phrases, learning the language, brought us a lot closer mm-hmm. together to a lot of my relatives. So I see it as like, indeed, I see it like very important. That's why I try to strive as much to make the resources available uh, to at least the public and to a lot of the younger kids and the younger generations so that they can take this information and use it however they see it. And I've been trying different ways of either making it, you know, like having like slang, slang words being used, at least to help introduce them to it. Because it's like a lot of them are using it and they don't realize it too. Some of them are using slang words and they don't know it. But yeah, that, that's how, that's, you know, that's my story right there. <laughs> we are wrapping up a conversation with the language department staff of San Carlos Apache Tribe. Thank you so much, Robert and Bob, for your time today. And I look forward to working with you in the next year and the years to come. Thank you. <laughs> it was fun being a part of this too. And there is now here a shop. She lost on it's a sneaky jean. A here shop is a sneaky, just a zone jean. On behalf of myself, I would like to say thank you for listening to us. And also thank you very much for putting this together. And uh, may you have a great day. This has been Artist Stories. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez.